0: Welcome to the Sports Bros Podcast, featuring the almighty Live, the money man, Scotty D, and your host, the head of creative, Eddie Cool. The Sports Bros Podcast, by the fan, for the fan, talking sports just the way you like it. And without any further ado, let's give it up for the Sports Bros. It's another fine Tuesday, and you know what that means. It's time for your favorite sports podcast, none other than the Sports Bros Podcast. You see me, you see Scotty D, you see the almighty Live, and together we are known as the collective as Sports Bros Podcast. You see the logo? That is us. Thank you once again. Episode number, what is this, 152? Yes, sir. Yes, episode yeah, episode number one fifty-two. Thanks for everybody who's been listening ever since episode one and all points in between. Well, enough of my tired but yet incoherent incoherent rambling. I have two of the best co-hosts in the world introducing first the Almighty Be Live. What's happening? What's going on in the world today?
1: That never gets old to me. It might get old to you, but I just, it's always something new going on. And man, this week was chock full of sports all across the nation. I'm ready to dive into it. This is a very exciting episode. Stay tuned. I guarantee you, this is gonna be a good one. Yes, sir. Uh, thanks once again to the the the, the other guy. I, uh, you know what? Every time I try to give him props, it's hard to do this because he's just the other guy, man. It, Wow. Cause he's gonna start, he's gonna start gloating, and you see, you got if you see him right now, he's already smiling ear to ear. Just oh boy, just just introduce him so we can go ahead and get through with
0: this and yeah, whatever. He is the pride of Washington, Pennsylvania, the reason for the cheesing. He is the one, the only, the money man, Scotty D. And I would walk
2: 500 miles, and I would walk 500 more. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Based on B-Live's oh, opening you. last week, let me change that. I would walk four miles, and I would walk... Four more. Oh boy. Here we go. Anyway, this this is how we're going to start things. I drove 500 miles today. I was uh, uh, from the beach to Pennsylvania. I drove to be with you guys up at the crack of dawn today. So, hey, guys, how was your Easter? Did you have a good weekend? Did you have a good, relaxing, good
0: time this weekend?
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. He has risen
0: and we are very amen. thankful for that amen yep I'm, i like it i had to work it was a good productive night though it it was slow it it was a slow easter night which surprised me i guess everybody had their uh their spiral ham and mac and cheese and um, unseasoned. Did it
2: early? You got yeah. it done early.
0: Yeah, they didn't went ahead and got it done early because you know there's an action-packed weekend in the world of sports. Scottie D we glad you made it back in one piece. Be live. I'm happy to have you here now more than ever. With that being said, let's go ahead and dive right into the top of the order. All right, let's get this thing started. Here it is, the top of the order. As we know, it is playoff time in the National Basketball Association, the NBA playoffs. It's been a lot going on, but the one particular series is standing out the most the Boston Celtics and the Brooklyn Nets. We got Kyrie coming back to Boston and getting heckled. They're trying to boom out the building, but that didn't stop Kyrie none whatsoever. So, fellas, what are your thoughts about the antics and the actions of one, Kyrie Irving? Well, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and start off like this real quick. I just want to do a little um,
1: um, an economics lesson to everybody that's watching because you won't be able to see it if you're just listening. But just want to let everybody know um, this, this is your thumb right here. This thumb in the National um, Basketball Association, the NBA, not worth money. I mean, you know, you got to have it. But, you know, it's not going to cost you money. So $0 right here. you got your pointer finger right here. Zero dollars. Your ring finger over here. There's zero dollars. Your your pinky finger, zero dollars. This one in the middle, right here, though. <laughs> that one in the middle will cost you twenty five thousand dollars. And Kyrie did it not once but twice. So, oh, is that what it was?
2: That's what the money was. <laughs> yeah. The oh whole- yeah.
1: Oh oh, oh, had- oh yeah. <laughs> it yeah. hasn't been. It hasn't been official yet, but you already know. That he gonna come off that bank account, yeah. They they gonna oh, yeah. they gonna they gonna charge him a little bit, even though I mean fifty thousand to. I think his contract is what thirty million dollars a year. That, you know what I'm saying it, it'll be all right. It'll and according to Kyrie Irving, well worth it. But man, wow, the energy of that game is second to none. I mean the build up to everything, Kyrie coming back to Boston. And then Kyrie balled out, but man, Boston is hungry, and Boston is red hot. There was a moment of time in the season we were just we we wrote Boston off. They were under five hundred. They were not playing. They were shelling their former selves, and then they turned it on. Boston gonna be an entire problem. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Boston will be an entire problem this will be a dog fight through and through i'm going to have predicted right now this game this series is going to go it's going to go seven it's going to go seven hmm. Hmm. this one will go seven i man because at the end of the day boston um tatum that dude's the truth but they play team defense team ball you can see it on the last couple plays while the nets were playing iso ball Boss is playing team defense and team ball, moving without the basketball. Moving, I can't say that. Moving without the basketball, everybody's staring at Kyrie, everybody's staring at um Kevin Durant on when the Nets have the ball. And you saw the difference. And, and Boss only won by one because Kyrie did ball out. But it shows for the Nets to win, Kyrie and Kevin Durant have to both ball out, and they gave Durant hail. They gave him they yeah. gave him some old school 80s, 90s Detroit pistons, beat him down every single time Durant touched the ball. Juke, juk, juke. Just oh, it was a beautiful thing to watch. And it disturbed him. Kyrie, on the other hand, fed off the crowd and just bawled out. I loved it. He was just, oh my God. I love that type of basketball. They put up or shut up. Oh, y'all got something to say? Jade him. What, what, hey, what you got? He <laughs> over there mocking the saying, "You, oh my god, I love every bit of it." I'm gonna be watching every single game of this series. I guarantee you that. What you think about it, Scotty? What you got for it? Uh,
2: honestly, going into this series, I thought, um, I thought this was gonna be Brooklyn's to win. I, I thought they would. I thought now that they got KD healthy and Kyrie actually back on the floor again with them that they were going to, um, and they still may, win this series. I, I thought it was going to be their series. But after after the first game, I've changed my mind based on the fact that I like the fact that, as you said, the Celtics are playing team ball. If you go to the very last play of the game, you had uh, Brown drive him to the hoop, kicks it out to um, Marcus Smart. Everybody thinks he's taking the shot. And he and he throws it into Tatum for a layup that beats the buzzer, not a spectacular play, but a very high intelligent play. This yep. is guys that have played together, and and you throw in those guys with multiple years of playoff experience playing together. Al Horford, another veteran. These aren't the, these aren't the kind of guys that are gonna get shaken. These aren't the kind the guys that. Uh, if if the Nets make a fifteen nothing run, they're going to fold up the tents. These are guys that have been in big games before, and I, I don't quite put Tatum at the elite level of some of the superstars of the game, but he looked pretty darn good making that intelligent play and in playing defense against Kevin Durant, and he outsmarted him on that last play because Durant, like everybody else, watched him watched Marcus take his shot that he didn't take Instead, said he cuts to the basket. That's Durant's man that scored the game winning bucket. And I got to believe still Tatum might be a little bit. He's motivated not only just to win, but I don't know if you guys remember, he got um, snubbed last year for the NBA all team and it mm-hmm. cost him 30, like $30 million or something like that. Ooh. $32 million for not making that as part mm-hmm. of like his rookie contract. That'll drive a man to, to, to try to up his game to the next level regardless he can't make that money back but he sure can make more money by continuing to work harder i just thought the Celtics. uh you know when i was watching the golf tournament and that game back and forth and the Celtics were down i think five points with like a minute and some change and i you know i i was like i i can't see them being able to come back and and actually win this game and they sure did and what a lift for them like I said, not because they, they didn't win this game on a spectacular play or a deep three or a half court shot. They won it by playing team basketball in eight seconds. This all happened in a matter of eight seconds. And that's got to give a team a lift and some confidence because they just faced down Kyrie Irving going for 39 points. And they shut down Kevin Durant for the most part by his standards anyway. And, and they got the first the, the first win now. You know, that could all be different going forward. You know, you see how the momentum swings in NBA NBA players. I mean, this happens year after year where you're like, man, I'm really on this team now because of how they handled that team last game, and then the next game's completely different. And it could be that. But I don't think so. I think that, that like, veteran core of Celtics playing together is going to be the difference in this series. That's not that the, the, the Nets don't have.
1: And, there, and I 100% agree with that. It's uh, it's one of those things. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant can score at will, essentially. They could do it. but all you like literally you can see, if you slow one of them down, the nets are beatable. What was that one game that Durant scored 55 points and they lost it's, that's what I'm saying it's one of those things where you could, one of them could have a pretty much flawless game, and that was what Kyrie Irving pretty much had 39 points scoring at will. Everything he put up, it was hit and he drove to the basket just doing um Kyrie Irving things. But Kevin Durant, they gave him an entire problem and one-point game is a one-point game. Brooklyn outscored Boston 29 to 19 in that fourth quarter. They put it on him, but Boston did just enough to come but, out with that win.
2: But never fear because Ben Simmons could be here.
3: Oh no. <laughs> He might would they, dare,
2: they, they wouldn't dare put him in in this series, would they? A guy who's that mentally fragile, would they put him in in he would, this? He, he would be a
1: defensive presence. That would be the reason why he'd be in the game. And that's it. He would, The it. thing about it is is that Jason Tatum gave Durant um, hell on both sides of the court. If um, What is his name? How did I just brain fart on his name? Um, ben Simmons. Simmons. Ben Simmons, ben Simmons yeah, yeah. yeah. If Ben Simmons is in the game, he would probably be the one guarding Tatum. And that would – so Durant possibly wouldn't be as exhausted on the other end. Maybe. That could be. That that, that could be. That could be. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that could be an entire problem. That's the thing about Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons was never really the primary scorer at any given point of time. But to the point of where he was before, now he would literally be a defensive presence. They know where his mindset is at. We're not asking you to score Nathaniel. We got we got Kyrie Irving and Kevin Rand. We don't want you to just say hey, defensive end, shut them down, facilitate, move the ball. That's all that you let's keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> that's that's my KISS acronym right there. Keep it simple, stupid. Just facilitate, pass, get down on the court, defense. That's what Ben Simmons, that's why they brought him on. That was that is his offer to the team. That could be the difference in the series. He
0: just, yeah. Yeah, you gotta do something. something. Of, because the last thing you want is Ben Simmons taking shots. I <laughs> <laughs> last thing he wants too. Yeah, last, last thing he wants. But fellas, um upset alert, the Timberwolves beat the Grizzlies 130, 117 in Memphis. Now. A few days ago, the uh, the Timberwolves were celebrating their win by getting into the playoffs. Like they were just won the damn NBA Finals, caught a little scrutiny. But we got Carl Anthony Townsend crew. They were uh, they went down there in Memphis and, hit, and kicked ja Morant and them in the mouth. They said, "Look, I got, this is not about being easy out. You're fit in fight." Go ahead, be live I'm gonna say this right here. I don't,
1: I don't. It's obvious to me. Maybe it's not obvious to everybody else. But the Minnesota Timberwolves got a swagger about them that they haven't had before. And I attribute that to Patrick Beverly. Oh, yeah. That dude has got them – he's got that team feeling themselves and in a good way. Carl Anthony Towns is – I'm going to say – I'm going to call it – this is going to be an early little spoiler – MVP candidate next year. I'm I'm yes, putting I can Carl, see that. Mm-hmm. Carl Anthony Towns has the he has the ability, the same ab- abilities that um Jokic has, Giannis has, Joel Embiid. He is a big man that can spread the court. He can he can hit you from deep, he can hit you from the um, below, he plays defense. I, Carl Anthony Towns, I'm putting him up there as superstar status. And now Anthony Edwards, young kid, 20 years old, balling. Minnesota Minnesota's gonna be a problem. Yeah, Minnesota is going to be a problem, and Memphis better figure out somebody besides John Morant. John Morant is a superstar, but man, they got to figure out something else besides him. It can't, it can't be all him. You,
0: you, good you can't, yeah. lord, you you can't. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, they get they, they got Desmond Bain, you know, who, who's good, but um, yeah, like you said, that Memphis is going to have to figure out something real quick and real fast because. The worst thing you can, the worst thing you do is become one dimensional. But yeah, like you said, uh, you know what they called, um, what's his name, Anthony? Why can I not remember his kid? You know what they call Anthony Edwards? They call him Ant-Man. The Ant-Man. Ant Man. The Ant Man. Yep. Ant Man. Ant Man uh-huh. and Cat. What man? That's it, it's about time that um Carl Anthony Towns had a complimentary piece to um to play alongside him because for a while he was just out there for you know if if you look at the roster you know you got Anthony Edwards. Um, you got Carl Anthony Towns. You got D'Angelo Russell, a, be- um, a veteran, Patrick Beverly. I mean, and the list goes on and on. Like you said, live, they are definitely feeling themselves. And that's, uh, yeah, that's that's definitely a team I I <laughs> do not want to play. And um, they could win this
2: series. And, you know, like you said, Patrick Beverly is one of those guys that surfaces in the postseason. And for a team that's got youth, he can take a little of that, like, sort of public enemy number one status you know where he mm-hmm. he can take the heat that the these other cats don't you know aren't quite ready to deal with here and Carl anthony to me in the past it seemed almost like motivational things like he was he'd get lazy or something at times but when when this dude's ready to play I mean he I think he is taking strides this year it seemed like he took some some steps forward so that's why I think your prediction isn't all that far-fetched to put him in a in a running for a future MVP candidate. I mean, there's still Kevin Durant in this league and Giannis is still in this league, but he's a guy that could at least start to knock on their door, I think, if, if he stays motivated and plays well.
1: I'm looking at your top three candidates right now for MVP
2: this year Giannis,
1: Embiid, um, the Joker. Carl Anthony Town looks just like they have all, all three of them pretty much have the same skill set. They're all big men that can shoot the ball. They can, they can um, navigate the offense. They can grab boards. It's like this is the new age big man, and there's a reason why those three guys and Carl Anthony Towns fits the bill of those three guys that could easily be in the race for MVP. I think this is this is his coming out party this year, and I think Minnesota has – I think they've seen that game. They've got not only enough – to make it past this one, this um series, I think they can get. I can um let's see who's the um they would face the winner um who's the number three seed, the Golden State Warriors? Ooh, buddy, I I want to see it. I'm not counting John Moran out, but man, I I I predict um predict the Timberwolves to win this. I think they're going to win this. I think I put them down winning it
0: in six. Yeah, four to two. Yeah, I, I think I think the Grizzlies will somehow find a way to get it together. You know, they'll find a way to get it together. Um, speaking of Golden State, how about Jordan Poole? <laughs> a, thir- a, a, 30, a 30 piece. As yeah. if the Golden State Warriors can't get any better. So so here it is. We got Draymond Green, he had 12. Wiggins had 16, Jordan Poole 30, uh Clay Thompson 19, and Steph Curry was 16 pretty balanced that, that that's a that's a balanced team, man. i'm gonna be honest with you man I, I think golden state with with what they have now they're dangerous they're more dangerous now than they've been in a long long time you you want to know what's dangerous about them
1: steph curry came off the bench he didn't start that
0: game wow
1: <laughs> steph curry was on the bench he was the sixth man mm. on the t- Steph Curry was the sixth man. That's ridiculously dangerous.
2: Man, I'm I'm here for well, it. The, the the dude that started in his place dropped 30, so maybe to well, 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 bench from well, now on. Yeah. Steve Curry. <laughs> what what how how was it said it was said about
1: my Crimson Tigers all Rose Lee Dabo an embarrassment of riches to have yeah. Steve Kerr, Steph Curry coming off the bench. Because Jordan Poole, is—he's been balling since All Steph season. Curry got hurt. He's been balling. I mean, this team has, and they call it the 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 what is it called? It the Death Squad or something like that. Yeah, where they go small ball on them and everything. Ah, man, it's it, it's a beautiful thing to see. And what people also discount when it comes to the um, Golden State Warriors. They were the third best defensive team, um, scoring defensive team in um, in all of the NBA. Nobody ever mentions.
2: Man, I, mean, I think they can come out of the West. I really do. Yeah, you know? yeah.
1: It's, it's, that's what I'm saying. Like that's why I'm. It's, it's only one game. I know I'm way overexcited, but man, I like I said, I want to see Nets, Celtics. I'm gonna be watching every single um, game over on this side. If I got the chance to see Warriors, Timberwolves. It, I'm telling you, it'll be a beautiful sight to see. Timberwolves led the league in scoring. Golden State, third best defensive team, and on top of that, Splash Brothers and all the things they actually can do with the ball. It's oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, Warriors four-one. Joker, sorry, we need more than just you. you yeah. might have you might have another MVP season, but the Nuggets need more than just you. It's it's yes. Yeah, I, I see him getting one, squeaking one, maybe, um, at home. But I, I think this is over in five.
0: Yeah, that's over in five. And Let's see. So, B-Live, you said that's over in five. And you said Memphis. Not Memphis. You said Minnesota could possibly beat um, Memphis as well, too. Uh, let's see what we got going on here. We got the Suns and the Jazz. The Suns and the Jazz. The, the Suns, Pelicans, and uh,
1: Mavs and Jazz.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know what I'm okay. looking at, but I think you would be loud. I, I appreciate that. Two sweeps. Uh,
1: two sweeps.
0: Okay. Two sweeps. Two sweeps. All
1: right. I, you, I, I, the Suns, they're sweet. That's, 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 sweet. sweeping. They're um, sweeping. The Mavs versus the Jazz. The Mavs need Luka. They do they might, need him. He's but, not playing, right? No. He's not playing right now, but they're saying, they're saying 10 to 16 days. So, he might. If they could, if Sweet. they can squeak, if they could get one game, <laughs> if they can get one game, Luka may be the difference. The Jazz aren't really that good; they're just lucky and fortunate enough that the Mavs don't have Luka. I say the Jazz in six, just because they, they, um, they, um, the Jazz go up three-one, and that's just a halt. That's a tough hole to be get out of. No, I think Luka does come back, get him one another win, but I think Jazz at the end of the day, this is a, this is just a. It, it, it's who wants at least yeah. when it comes to Jazz versus the Mavericks, and then whoever whoever wins that they go against the Suns, and that's just, it ain't happening. This is <laughs> like Utah, Salt Lake. Sorry, sorry, Dallas. At just it, it, either way, whoever wins this, they're losing to the Suns regardless. So just it it, it it is what it is.
0: Bulls and the Bucks. Who we got in that series? Sweep. Sweep.
2: Bulls had a chance in in game one and they blew it. Sweep.
1: I give the Bulls one game. I give them one game. I'll give them
2: game game three at home and then they 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 lose four to one. Yeah,
1: yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's one. Sixers
0: and Raptors sweep. (laughs) Wait a minute. Well, (laughs) going to be a sweep. It'll be a sweep. Well, like I, with Bugs-Bulls, Giannis had a
1: bad game, and they still won. Mm. This it's one of those things. I don't even understand. He got how foul he trouble. He got in foul trouble. Yeah. He called a 27-point, 16-rebound game shooting over 50% a bad game. I don't know. how. Whatever. Well, they turned but, it
2: over like 20 times and still won the game. Sweep. Well, <laughs> Chicago could hit it.
1: Chicago couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. They were seven right. for 37 mm. for three point range. I think for the entire so game
0: they shot. Keep, shooting, under 30. Them. keep <laughs> shooting them. Keep on shooting. them up. Scotty said, put them up, baby. Keep putting it up. Put them up. Put them up. Uh,
2: undeterred by the ridiculously low average that you're making. Just keep putting them up.
0: Yeah. Hawks heat. Scotty D.
2: Uh, I, I like the heat, but I think the Hawks will win too. I think it's heat and six. I got I got the heat
1: in five yeah. cuz they completely neutralized Trey Young. He scored 8 points. It, it, they, they they exposed the Heat, I'm um, the Hawks. It, it that that could easily be a sweep, but I think Trey Young is really that good. If they can get a play-in game like they had um, against Charlotte, if they could have a repeat of that, one they one two games maybe. They'll win one of those games, but the Heat just the Heat play defense. That is all. The Heat <laughs> they, ain't gonna, they 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 say trade, bro. You doing all this extra stuff, waving to the crowd, and doing all no. We we're not having that down in South Beach. That's not happening, mm-hmm. bro. Cut it out, cut it out. <laughs> I say Miami. I say
0: Miami in five. Miami in five with that one. Right, Miami in five. Cool. We we will revisit these at a later date, later time. We'll talk about them on the next episode. By that time, the damn series might be wrapped up and it might be on the way to the second round. Scottie D might want to tap out of this here, but be live. We have week one of the United States Football League, all right? Um, You can't be serious. We're
2: you can't be-, be serious. It, you can't
0: be serious. It's going to be a brief conversation about it, Scottie, D Just this little brief conversation about the United States Football League. I'm not going to get too in-depth into it. So um, we had our first official game. Oh, it was Saturday, correct? Yeah, Saturday night. And um, the game was good. I'm not going to lie. The game was actually good because I was kind of like, this might be a laugher. But it was good. It was competitive. So, um, yeah, the Birmingham Stallions. They get the first win in the brand new XFL. I'm, on, I'm sorry, not the uh, XFL, US. but USFL. I'm, same I'm a, thing. Same he thing. He said the same. <laughs> <laughs> he said the same thing. So, um, like what did you notice from a presentation standpoint about the USFL? What what I what I like
1: about the USFL and what I want people to understand about it this the USFL because the NFL has basically endorsed the USFL as basically the minor leagues of the NFL. This is the this is the this is the proving ground. This is where play, um they um, test out new um rules and new theories and new technology and i think it's good for the i think it's good to see the, um different talent see different like i like when they're um calling the plays because i'm gonna tell you one thing i'm gonna do hopefully i get the chance to I do have a little bit more time on my hands. I am. I want to learn all of these play calls. I want to learn when they say 40 deep out, such and such, and who's your mama, and the um, the quarterback um, yells Omaha 17 times. I want to learn all of those things. And I think watching USFL will allow me to learn those things and basically just dig a little bit deeper learn a little bit more about the game that we don't get to see in the NFL. And so, that's what the USFL offers to me. It offer it offers a chance to see football from a different perspective. I like the different camera angles. That drone can um go go Oh uh, Lord uh. The, the drone operators got me dizzy and then the helmet cams, I was just if anybody has motion sickness. Don't watch the USFL because you be all. Oh God! I'm just saying. I, that that was my initial analysis of watching the Saturday night game. I didn't really get to watch much of the Sunday game, but this is the opportunity. This is what the USFL presents. Of course, the um old heads like Scotty D's like not the NFL, but it's one of those things where it gives us an alternative, it, not not really an alternative, but it gives us an another side. And like I said, it's almost like a proving ground for some of the rules that could see its way to the NFL. I guarantee you that, um, what's that I thing got, called? They got Jason
2: Garrett. They got Jason Garrett doing commentary.
1: Uh, Skip Holtz is one of the coaches. It, but, it, <laughs> it was, <laughs> but no, the thing about it is some of the technology I like. Some of the, some of the things they try to throw in there, the three-point extra point where you um, do a um, conversion from the 10-yard line. Onside kick. You could do an onside kick, or you can have it fourth and twelve at the thirty-three yard line. If you convert the fourth down, you get the you get the ball on the first down. I think some of this is interesting. Some of the rules they have in play, and like I said, just having the insider being able to hear some of the plays being called and everything like that—that's what USFL has to offer. And I want to I want to get what um, I'm gonna do a little bit more research. I heard. That if you, um, they have what three games on Sunday at the same venue? I I think I heard that, and like you could buy one ticket and watch three football games. Wow! Wow! Is
2: that exciting? Wow! You're sarcastic. Listen, I'll tell you while while that that game was going on that Saturday night game, uh, I saw an excellent episode of Seinfeld. It was one where Kramer was hitting golf balls into the ocean and. George was pretending to be a marine biology. What? What a great episode! So, Give yeah. it a chance. How do you?
1: How do you not even watch the thing and just immediately write it off? I, unbelievable! What? It's just it, some of the. How do you think some of the things that we enjoy in life came to be?
2: Somebody I loved. I enjoyed Seinfeld very much. It was on all night. Any cool?
1: Just a cool today <laughs> I because. <was just, laughs> I don't. I just don't understand. I that Kramer you. is funny. You can't, you can't stay funny. old the entire time. You
0: got to enjoy some new things in life. That Kramer is really, really funny. <laughs> all right, all right. Before we before <laughs> carry on, this is about to be a dribbling mess. Uh There's rumors about Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers. Be live. You got. Oh. High- you know whose quote that was? Yeah,
2: Robbie Anderson.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be, be live. Uh, Sky D, what's your thoughts on it? And Be live, just go just going to give you a hot take after that.
2: Uh, I, I think it's a mess at this point. If if the the res, the receiver on the team that you're going to be throwing the ball to is yelling, no, he doesn't want you there. Uh, things are not looking good for Baker. Baker's uh, he's down to pretty much Carolina in seattle at this point it seems like and it, it, at this point cleveland is not going to get much in return for him they're gonna they're gonna have to release him i mean i it, i don't think carolina is gonna give him give their asking price they're, his best bet is to take a release sign on with somebody as a backup quarterback be a good soldier for a year and maybe get an opportunity with an injury uh, that's what I, that's what i think what do you guys you're the carolina panther fans Do you want him no,
1: no, no. We already have a quarterback that we have to pay 18 million dollars to. Why would we pick up another one? We already owe Sam Dahl 18 million dollars for this year. Why would we pick up another $18 million contract? And, boom, and, boom, and, boom. and plus, I, and plus I, I agree.
0: and plus plus living up here in Northeast Ohio, I've seen enough of Baker Mayfield. I, I don't want to parse it. I don't want it. I don't want it. Go ahead, Black. I don't want Here's it. Here's the thing. I honestly believe
1: that Baker Mayfield is better than Sam Donald, but it's not worth paying both of them
2: $18 million. No. Why? I think, for, he, I think he's too hot. I think he needs a cool cool office season. I don't give a – I don't care how good or
1: bad or indifferent he is. With, in a – let me try this out. Let me see if I can – there is a reason why the Houston Texans didn't even want Baker Mayfield. Why was that not in the trade? And now, as a like, oh, my goodness. I, I don't know much about being a general manager of a um, football franchise. But why would any team trade anything for Baker Mayfield? Yeah, I don't think it's going to Force the Browns to release him because they're, they, they're on the hook for $18 million. Why would anybody in their right mind at this point in time would even touch Baker Mayfield? Try out your options on free agency. Let him be released. And then throw him a little extra um, $5 million if that. But I don't want my Panthers to do it because, once again, we already have somebody that will pay.
2: It might be Baker Pittsburgh.
1: Ma- Baker Mayfield would be an improvement to Sam Donald. But I, for the love of God, I am so sick and tired of the Carolina Panthers being, oh, this is where you come to prove yourself and show that you're an NFL starting quarterback. Please, for the love of God, let's stop being the, the Petri disc, being the exper- experimental <laughs> team. Just stop. Stop. Just pick pick up pick on up, um, Malik um, Willis. Uh, hey, I, Kenny, hey I, I'm at the point where I would much rather us jump high and pick one of the quarterbacks at the sixth pick. I again. I much rather would have a O lineman. O lineman. Let's eat this. O-lineman. Eat this year. Eat this year. Just let, let let this year go. Let's go. Let's go for the gusto next year mm-hmm. with the quarterback, and then we'll have a solid foundation around the team to pick up that quarterback. Could that could be a building um, block for the um for the franchise, and we could actually do something with it. Yeah. Sam okay. Darnold is not our future.
0: Baker Mayfield is not our future. Mm. Cut it out. Yes. Yeah, as, as, like, like I said, as far as Baker Mayfield goes, I've seen enough. I've seen enough. I, like, I, I've seen – I remember last year we went to the game, the Browns and Bengals games. <laughs> I saw a Baker when he was good, you know, when he was you know, doing good stuff. And then the thing about Baker, is it, for him it's inconsistency. One week up, one week down. One week down, one week down some more. One week up, one week down. One week up, you can't win in a league like that. I, I would give, it, I am give the benefit of the doubt. Though he was hurt, he was hurt this past year. Yeah, he, should the never, he, he, he should have never made that damn tag. I understand wanting mm. to put up for a valiant effort, but you do so, know the, that you're a quarterback and you got to fold the ball, which 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 includes uses of your shoulder. I, again, I'm not the type of person.
1: I I think Baker Mayfield is a Decent quarterback. But the Browns mishandled this problem and now they're on the hook for it. Do not let the Browns off the hook for the way they handled it. No There's either. a reason, somehow, some way, that he did not get traded to Houston in the disarmed Boston trade. I don't even know how that was even possible.
2: I don't, I don't think Houston wants to win. If, right. he, if he's there, they might win six games. And I, and I think they want to be the worst team again next year and ah, and, and, and draft number one next year and get a so quarterback. Something tonight.
1: something just didn't add up right there, and nobody will tell me that part. Why? I just, I just told you. That doesn't make any sense.
2: None but, of it
1: it it, but, but that's the problem. None of it makes <laughs> any sense. But, Carolina, don't you dare do it. Don't you do it, Carolina. Don't you do it. I swear you don't do it. And Michael Jordan, if you even think about picking up Russell Westbrook, I had to throw that in there. I will, I will, I will, I will oh boy. Eddie
0: Cool Amtrak, take it I'm, I'm, I'm going to Amtrak this. Ladies and gentlemen, we got more of the Sports Bros Podcast coming up after this. Ladies and gentlemen, here at the Sports Bros Podcast, I'm not going to say ladies and gentlemen, everybody listening to the Sports Bros Podcast, come close, come close, come close. You're probably expecting the choices of the voices, but nah, not this week. We have a guest. That's right. We have a very special guest. He is sports agent extraordinaire, Joel Turner. Joel, thanks for joining us on this episode of the Sports Bowls Podcast.
3: It's my pleasure, but I don't consider myself a guest. I'm family with Scott, so that'll work okay well you're hey. family then
0: you are family yeah thanks for Scott, D for making this happen and um it is a pleasure to have you here with us here joe at the Not sports at podcast you know we just as you can see we just three guys talking sports you know and just trying to get by every day but having a real life actual working sports agent is awesome because before you uh Let's we start... don't get you carried away now awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you carried away yeah, because before we hit record button, he was like, you know what? Phone's been blowing up. So um,
3: It has been. It's been a busy day, but that's to be expected less than two weeks to the draft.
0: Yeah, it's a whole lot of, in the words of Rick Fair, a whole lot of wheeling and dealing and negotiating going on, all right? Mm, very soon. Very soon, very soon. All right, Joel, uh, could you tell us briefly um, a little bit about your background and how you got to start the business as an agent? Sure,
3: sure. Um, my brother, Justin Turner, and I own Turner Sports Management and we've been in business for hurts to say, this will be 23 years. So uh, getting old, but, uh, Uh prior to that I was in college football as a coach and, um, college administration and coaching straight, straight out of Wofford after I finished there a long time ago. And, um, after eight years of it, to be perfectly Frank, I got kind of tired of what I got, you know, a daily dose of seeing. And, uh, that business has gotten worse, not better, just like ours has as, as many others over the years. And, um, you know, I, I knew when I was a kid, long, long time ago, I wanted to, to live at the beach one day. I uh, never dreamed I'd be in this line of work. God just opened up a door that I certainly didn't count on by no means. And um, at the time, one of the assistant coaches at Clemson, when I was on the staff there, told me, he said uh, our defense coordinator had left and gone to Alabama, and uh, Reggie Herring, who just uh, recently had been linebackers coach for the Denver Broncos for, I guess, about the last decade or so. Reggie asked me, he said, have you thought about being an agent? And at that time, I really had thought about uh, going back and coaching high school football. I really did. I was like, you know, college gaming and getting all it cracked up to be, and I would get some summers off and state retirement. And, you know, a lot of college coaches bounce from job to job, and it's really hard on those guys to put any type of retirement together whatsoever. And so, um, you know, I went back to school, thought I might get a second master's degree and uh, get my teaching certification. And uh, it took me all of about six days of student teaching to figure out there was no way that was going to be in my future for the next (laughs) 25 to 30 years. And uh, so I thought back to Reggie's advice and uh, went through all the proper paperwork and then had to go through the, uh, at that time, there there literally was no, anything but paperwork. There were no tests. There was nothing required of anybody to be an NFLPA agent. And of course, as soon as I decided to be one, they started a, a pretty rigorous program to do a certification process. And so I went through that, had to had to go to Washington, D.C. and go through a pretty extensive two-day seminar and pass a test. And then, of course, annually now we have to certify. But that was the first year they had ever made agents do anything to be an agent. Other than that, all you had to do was say you were one and sign somebody to a contract that made you an agent. Oh. So it, um, it, it's there's, there's, a, there's a to me, I think the process is much better now than it was at, at least filters out some unqualified people, although I hate to say it, some do sneak through the cracks still uh, if they can pass the test. Technically, they're uh, a certified agent, but that doesn't always qualify everybody. I guess same thing's true for the bar li- bar license with attorneys.
0: Yeah. yep, yeah, that's true. Like you said, some, you know, some that don't need to be there slip through, but um, that's how it is with any line of work almost. If you think so you, you, you have God to do that every
2: year, good. though? That's something you have to annually do? Is it the same every year, or is it is it, uh, is it the exact same process for you as it would be for somebody starting off?
3: You no, know, the, the starting off process is, is something where they have to pass the same type of exam I had to 24 years ago, 23 years ago, um, back in 1999. But annually, uh, we have to go through continuing education, uh, a lot like um, attorneys, real estate agents, et cetera. Okay. And then um, the certification process exists on, uh, there had been a biannual recertification test. Uh, They suspended it for COVID. Not sure if they'll bring it back or not. But, you know, for for experienced agents, and and I say that, that's not really true. um, Because one experienced agent, highly experienced agent, he failed the recertification test. Mm. And he'd been in the business for 20 years and had a lot of successful clients. But obviously, uh let some things lapse uh you know in a mental capacity of remembering what he was supposed to do and not do
0: huh interesting wow. yeah i guess that really shows you really got to be on top of your uh your top on, on top of everything
3: you should be you know in the best interest of your clients but you know like we said there's some there's some folks out there not qualified in every line of work like don rickle said a long time ago he goes hey in every town somebody's the worst doctor and he's got pay a room full of patients tomorrow morning <laughs> Uh, in this line of work they don't just come to you you have to recruit your your clients Um, that process uh, can be a little arduous but by the same token um, we've been very fortunate we've had a a lot of really good players come our way and decide to uh, allow us to represent them and serve as their uh, official NFLPA agents and um, you know in that capacity that's how we make a living so without the clients you, you can't do anything so they are the they're, they're the basis of the entire industry. The play without the players, none of it's possible. Um, yeah, can you have,
2: can you share can you share with us some of those some of your more like high profile names? Our listeners would know
3: guys that uh, I would imagine over the years. Um, you know, some now have moved on toward you know into retirement. And by the same token, we do have some active players that I would imagine uh, football fans uh, would know by name. Um, Ryan Suckup is a kicker at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, he was the highest paid kicker in the NFL last year at the start of the season, been in the league for, which is hard to believe 14 years as wow. Mr. Ir- Mr. Irrelevant as the oh, last yeah. year of the 2009 mm-hmm. draft and, uh, had a whale of a career and won the Super Bowl uh, just in the 2020 season with Tampa Bay. Um, Cole Beasley is an active free agent who has had a 10 year career in the league between the Dallas Cowboys and the Buffalo Bills. Yes, exactly. For the Cowboys, <laughs> and, uh, he's a Texas, Texas native, but, uh. Cole is in free agency at the moment. And as far as um, some of the other players that uh, have been noted over the years, uh, Ryan Clark was a household name for 13 years with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Washington Redskins, which are no longer the Redskins as we all politically know. And um, he had quite a career himself as an undrafted free agent and uh, won a Super Bowl, played in another, started in another, uh, two-time Pro Bowler. Mike Tolbert, three-time Pro Bowl fullback running back with the Carolina Panthers out of uh, Coastal Carolina. Mike had uh, a really nice career. He, Mike had the second most negotiated contract money in the history of the NFL for a fullback. Only Lorenzo Neal got more money in his career at fullback than Mike Tolbert has. Wow.
0: And
3: I do believe that uh, the young man out at San Francisco will pass them both uh, probably the next year or so, jusic But mm. um, you know, Mike Mike had a nice career to be a, a walk-on from yep. a 1AA program that was a startup. So, you know, we've been pretty fortunate to, to have some guys that have done very well over the years, and um, you know, we just got to keep working hard, just like we all do.
1: Um, I got a question for you, that le- um Please end this because the um, as far as like recruiting players, finding players, putting mm-hmm. your name out there. Um, now with the NIL deal in NCAA,
3: have you has your um, agency tapped into that at all? We haven't. Far- that. That's um. Now, here in South Carolina, and I've spoken with the the people that are in charge of, you know, the state licensing and some other folks in the media and the legal world. Uh, According to what I've read and been told, although I haven't seen the documents myself, because since we don't really deal with it that much, I haven't wanted to take that much of my time to to truly look at all the, the actual legalese of it. But the South Carolina NIL law that was passed just July, which has not even been, you know, 10 months ago yet, is going to be repealed with the passage of the new state budget, which should take effect sometime this coming month in May. So basically, it's gonna be hands off. It's gonna be no holds barred. Uh, you'll be able to do anything you wanna do. Uh, the NCAA has no, like, you know, the rule says in NCAA that you're not supposed to sign to play, you know, pay to play. Uh, I think we all know that's fallacy at best. And uh, with, what, <laughs> with what's going on, uh, what that means for agents, Um, agents will no longer have to be licensed in order to do NIL deals. You still will have to, by state law, be licensed to be an athlete agent. Uh, unfortunately there are people in the world who, um, don't do that. There are people of celebrity who have taken part in working with, uh, sports agencies that are not licensed. There are, and I'm not pulling your leg. There's a convicted felon right now actively, um, who is going around recruiting players on behalf of agents and, um, some players in this year's draft have even been foolish enough. I've been told to have, have listed the convicted felon who is not an agent of any kind as their agent for the teams to call on draft day.
1: God.
3: So um, yeah, it can, give, it can get a little interesting in this line of work. <laughs> and you know, if that were an attorney or a doctor, you know even i would imagine a real estate agent um, if somebody pulled something like that i would think that the people in charge of licensing and enforcing the law would be uh as they say all over them but we'll have to see how this thing works out jesus uh,
1: wow. a, that that that's scary for
3: 18, 19. i mean it's well, going to tra- back. these are as- draft eligible players that have affiliated with a convicted felon but uh by, and i'm not talking about just, you know pardon my way of putting this, a run-of-the-mill felon. I'm talking about somebody who's a convicted felon who was actually arrested, pled guilty to trying to, uh, I'm just going to call it, defraud potential investors out of approximately $20 million. And some of those investors were pro athletes. And so this guy's uh, allegedly right back at it again.
0: Wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> Man.
3: Yeah. And, and, you know, and for the high school kids, I hate to say it, but those kinds of people can present themselves as a sports marketing agent in a lot of states, and there's literally nothing out there to provide protection to these high school and now college kids, such as, you know, in our state, we have the South Carolina Department of Consumer Affairs, and their job is to protect the consumers of South Carolina, the citizens. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully to protect them from unscrupulous activities and any number arrays of, of business. Um, and once that law is repealed, there won't be anything out there to protect people legally from people trying to purportedly be NIL agents. So it, it could be a very, very bad situation.
0: Sounds like the wild, wild West almost.
3: Exactly.
1: And, and this is what, and this is what those high profile coaches, Dabble Sweeney being one of them, was warning the public about when it came to NIL. And, that was
3: taking some heat over his comments from, you know, people in the public, be it fans and some media and so on. Um, but I, I truly believe, knowing Coach Sweeney, that he truly has the players' interest at heart, their best interest at heart. He's not trying to limit any player's ability right. to do something for their own betterment. He's he's really wanting something in place to protect those players even more.
1: And so I, I'm, I'm one of his biggest advocates. Uh, all <laughs> Rose lead Dabble. Dabo. That is an official hashtag. <laughs> I have the a lot of respect road.
3: for for Coach Sweet.
1: Oh yes, and oh. so so um our um our executive producer um head of creative over there he he doesn't have as much of an affinity because he's a Gamecock fan. So that's all right. I mean, it's <laughs> seven was it eight years in a row? You know, all oh, I, I had uh, here we go.
2: Here <laughs> we go. <laughs> let, let, let let me ask.
3: How quickly they forget. How quickly they forget, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Oh, 2013. I'll, I'll, never, well, forget yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget that day. I will never forget the picture. I, all as, of it. As a Wofford College grad, I don't really have any affinity for either one in reality, despite the fact that I was at okay. Clifton for a little while on the staff. But, uh, you know, I hope they both do very well every year. Let, let I, me ask
2: you more of a serious question here. Yeah. Uh, let, 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 me, let, me, let me be the one that am tracks here for, for a moment. Um, I, I, I know this has got to be a, a real busy time for you on the horizon. We're uh, less than two weeks away from the NFL draft. Uh, a lot of your players are guys that have to really fight and make teams. They're undrafted right. free agents. Um, so what what's that, that process for you, like sitting through the course of a weekend, um, trying to keep your players – uh, you know, making contacts for your players, finding them teams. And and also, I know you have uh, a couple potential draftees this year that you're kind well, of excited we can, about.
3: We have some players more than worthy of being drafted. Uh, we have a quarterback that was a combine invitee. He's a two-time national player of the year at the FCS, you know, what we used to call one double A level. Um, he was a four-star signee out of, out of Louisiana, actually, at Arkansas in the SEC, turned down a boatload of SEC West, and uh, I, I would say um, Conference USA type, uh, you know, Louisiana Techs and, and so forth type schools. But it was a four-star recruited Arkansas. Went there to play for Chad Morris, formerly of Clemson. Um, unfortunately, the Chad Morris experience uh, didn't work out well, nor did the Chad Morris experiment work out well. And so, um, you know, Arkansas is now on their uh, second coach since Coach Morris, but he transferred back home to Southeast Louisiana, which has only had a team about, I think, 12 to 14 years since they reinstituted it from the 50s. Mm. And uh, as a two-time All-American and a two-time National Player of the Year, he leaves Southeast Louisiana as the NCAA's all-time leading percentage uh, passing completion. He's uh, a career, 73%. Also had a single-season high record of 74.7 or 9, I believe, right at 75%. He threw for over 5,000 yards, 44 touchdowns against 10 interceptions. Um, and to go with it, he just happens to be six foot seven, two 250. And he, ooh, he ooh. also ran for 16 touchdowns and didn't do them all as one-yard plunges. Uh, he, he, had, he was just shy of 500 yards rushing. So at 6'7", 250, he almost ran for as many yards as both the draft eligible running backs from the University of South Carolina this year and had more touchdowns than <laughs> they did combined. And that's as a quarterback, and mm-hmm. so uh, young man's name is Cole Kelly. Uh, we we fully expect him to be a draft pick. I, I'm not, you know, no telling when, where, by whom, but um, he he certainly is a very talented young man. has a unique skill set, and um, he looks, you know, his playing style, physical uh, stature, he really looks like a combination of a Ben Roethlisberger, Josh Allen type of a quarterback, and. Um, like I said, he he's a, a legit player, uh, you know, all the way up the ladder. He's not a not a guy who started out at a one double A school and just blossomed into somebody uh, like you might see, um, in know, many years past. But this young man's uh, got a, got a tremendous set of tools. Now, to go along with him, uh, my brother Justin also signed the nation's leading receiver in every category, every category. Jared Stearns, wide receiver at Western Kentucky, that transferred there from one double A. Um, Houston Baptist, which is in the same conference Cole Kelly is coming out of in the uh, Southland Conference. And Jareth led the nation in receptions with 150 yards with over 1,900 and 17 touchdowns. You do those numbers in the NFL and you'll get to the top of the year. So he yeah, yeah. had a marvelous season. his uh, pro day recently as a five foot 182-pound receiver. He verticaled 40 inches. He is athletic, he's explosive, uh, he is an extremely bright young man, and his brother is actually a starting safety for the Denver Broncos who was in the draft last year. So the pedigree from family-wise is tremendous as well.
2: That's, a, that's awesome. Those are guys we're going to be definitely rooting for. I mean, well, but we want to give we you see him get picked.
3: To give you an idea what the scouting community of the NFL is like, um, I don't hold them all in, in disregard, but I'm, I'm not going to tell you different. They hold, some, they, they hold some of us in some disregard, and, and and the shoot also goes on the other foot. How does a young man who leads the nation in every single receiving category not even get invited to the combine?
0: It's a good question. It is Wow. A good question. Wow. Is. Yeah. So the,
2: these guys, um, I'm sure somebody knows who they are, though. I mean, these are guys I'm sure are going to be sleepers uh, under the under the radar. Yeah, they'll be considered
3: guys. that. Um both Jareth both Stearns and Cole Kelly have have mentions in the, uh, the pre, I'm going to call them the pre-draft magazines, you know, Athlon, Sporting News, um, et cetera. You know, they've, they've got mentions in there as, you know, prospects for being drafted or, or if not, certainly high priority free agents is the term uh, for the guys that are the very first undrafted players the teams tend to go after. But along with those, uh, with those young men, we also have some guys that, come from other schools that some people will recognize, some won't. Um, a few years ago, we represented a young man, uh, which ended up getting to play until he was an old man. Uh, Ron Parker was a five-year starter at free safety at Kansas City Chiefs, uh, went to five, five yeah. playoffs in a row out mm-hmm. there. and He actually started more games at safety than Eric Berry did and did that out of Newberry College. And, um, you know, we have another Newberry graduate this year, David Vereen. He, he's a, a tremendous corner uh, he's 5'9 and a half, just shy of 190 pounds. He's got 33-inch arms, which is ridiculous on a 5'9 frame. And uh, he's a legitimate 4'4 four, four speed guy. He's got uh, 35, 36 passes defended at Newberry over the last two years. Now, you know, keep in mind, that's, that's 35 pass breakups and essentially just a little over two seasons since they really didn't get to have a 20 season. Mm-hmm. and uh you know with the so between right. between 19 not playing in 20 and 21 uh he's got quite a resume to be perfectly honest with you. And his coverage skills are, are just tremendous
2: so joel when, when the draft ends you, you have a guy like that right there, there's going to be some uh, the teams that are interested in him do you Correct. do you do you lobby to these teams or do they reach out to you and say we want to invite this guy to our camp like how's that work?
3: Best way I know to describe it is a lot of dual politicking going on. Um, you know, they'll, they'll actually call the agents and the players and try to start recruiting them, per se. Um, they do realize that plenty of players go undrafted that are highly qualified. Uh, right now, I think a little over one-third of the league, one out of every three players in the NFL right now, uh, entered the league undrafted. So oh, you're, wow. talking, you're talking about a pool of players that are very important. Um, a lot of, you know, every team realizes how important it is. Some teams get it right better than others and then of course that's why you have so much coaching changeover and so you know the ones that don't get it right they'll they'll have somebody else will get that opportunity <laughs> right yeah you know, it happens every year to the tune of six seven eight nine teams every year but um we don't purposely intentionally recruit guys we say oh that guy's gonna go it. let's go recruit him uh we like to recruit young men based on the the type of uh, character work ethic intelligence uh type of families they come from uh how important football is to them You know, if it it truly means something, Uh, and and to go along with that, we want to make sure those are the type of young men that if our name is affixed to them, uh, they're certainly not going to be anyone we would have any regrets saying we represent so-and-so because, you know, they've been a bad guy or done something wrong or or what have you. Uh, Over the course of the years, we've had a scant few that have uh, had had any any type issues, uh, you know, legally. Uh, We've represented almost 250 players over the last 22 years, and we've been fortunate that We've only had four arrests in 20 in, – uh, in, in 22 years, over 250 guys. And, you know, I hate to say it, every uh, – three of the four were DUIs. And, you know, that hasn't happened in a long, long time because the, the players, thanks to the league and the and the union, um, you know, uh, uh, truthfully society in general, uh, there's a much bigger push for people to understand that there are plenty of opportunities otherwise to get around if you're going to drink. And with the mm-hmm. advent of Uber and Lyft and, of course, the NFL and the PA combined, they have a, a program – to assist any player any place they are to get them where they need to be. So, you know, we haven't had that issue a whole lot.
0: Yeah, well, that's good. Um, speaking of uh, families, uh, what are like, as far as like, you know, you meet clients, you meet different people, Like, what, what is the relationship between the agent
3: and the client's family? Well, to an extent, some players want their family members involved, uh, immediate, such as mom, dad, brothers, sisters, uh, others want some of the more extended family involved, whether it's a cousin or an aunt, uncle. Uh, but when it comes down to it, these are grown men. Even though they're leaving college, people think they're kids. are grown men. Uh, we represent a number of married players. And of course, their wives and their and their family come first. And so we, we always want to make sure that the entire family is involved unless the client just wants it to be a, a one-on-one type of relationship. And of course, you know, it's different for everybody. And so there's no one no one template, uh, you know, recipe that's going to go for
1: everybody. All right. I, and that is a um, wonderful thing. Family first is definitely something that we definitely, um, agree on. I want to say this though, it's a business. And at the end of the day, the business is I'm quoting Jerry Maguire. I had, I feel it like, show <laughs> me the money. Yes. And I gotta, <laughs> I gotta ask. Cause um you um you manage a lot of the sports, so you do a lot of negotiation with the contracts with the teams. Mm-hmm. Do you also um do you also um, represent the um player um as far as off the field deals um sponsorships and stuff like that, or is we it directly done a number the
3: of those over the years? Uh, we've been very fortunate that the players have asked us to do some of those deals, and and, and whether it's shoe deals, whether it's commercials, whether it's car deals. Uh, or card, C-A-R-D deals versus vehicles, uh, you know, uh, tops, Panini, Upper Deck, flair, et cetera, uh, shoe deals. We, we've been fortunate to do about anything anybody can do uh, by the same token and, and, you know, and also helping players with, you know, meet media type situations. So, you know, we've done about a little bit of everything, just like anybody that's been around long enough has, but our primary function is the negotiation of an NFL player contract for the client. Um, we don't try to sell ourselves as marketing agents. Uh, there are people who do specialize in that. And we have at times told clients based on their standing, you know, you need a full-time marketing agent because we're also handling negotiations contractually for a number of other players. And, you know, you do what you're good at and, and, you know, we're plenty good at the media thing, but that's not how we make our living. Uh, you know, doing the promotions, endorsements, signings, et cetera. And truthfully, we very rarely charge players for doing those. Um, You know, there's been a little bit of money in it, but for the most part, we've just done it more or less pro bono for those guys so that they understand that we're trying to do something good for them as well.
2: So how do you generally get paid? Um, Is it in a a contract, like, is it part of the team paid contract and then you get a percentage Uh, of
3: what? If the NFL (laughs) and NFLPA would get together and just take our percentage out of their checks and send it to us every week, that would be awesome. It doesn't work that way.
2: <laughs> gotcha. Uh, I
3: wish it would. There's really no reason why it shouldn't. But uh, we have to actually send out invoices, just like any business does to somebody who's got you know money owed to them, uh, accounts receivable, if you will. So you know, about once a month or so, we'll uh, send a send an invoice to the players for what they've been paid at that point.
2: Ever have any problems with them? You ever got like lay down the hammer and say, "Give me my money, man." Are they usually pretty good have, about we it? We
3: have not really had to get <laughs> to
2: the
3: guys, and, and again, that goes to the type of people you represent. So uh, you know, we've been very fortunate. That's just never been an issue. Would um, would an invoice? Would that be a percentage of what they made? They something that you negotiate? Yes, we, you, it, it's it, the NFLPA has a maximum percentage commission of three percent of the contracts you negotiate. Okay. Oh, okay,
1: you essentially just send it as a monthly bill. As
3: long as you represent them, their um, contracts. Correct. Or, and, and as well, um, there is one noted agent in our line of work who has been known to, uh, let's just say, have players switch representation to him uh, from other agents. And as long as a player is playing on a contract that an agent has negotiated, they owe that agent the money for the job they have done. If they leave agent A and go to agent B, Agent B has to get the player a new contract that supersedes any contract they're under with the first agent in order to get paid. Hmm. Wow.
2: Okay. Some of that, that cutthroat stuff there. Yeah.
3: Huh? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That does make
0: sense. Um, who was slash is your, your most unique client
3: that you've ever came across and dealt with oh, Lord unique. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to zero anybody in or out on that, but, um, you know, I don't have kids, so I don't, you know, I don't understand the concept of, oh, we don't have any favorites. We love a ball. Um, you know, <laughs> I, we, we appreciate every single person we have, and every one of them have helped us have, a, you know, ability to pay our bills and, and provide for our families. For me personally, um, my closest personal relationships are the guys that, that we really started this thing with, uh, being Ryan Clark that, that uh, signed with us a long time ago and stayed with us the duration of his entire career. And you now see Ryan almost daily on ESPN. And to go along with him, Mike Tolbert, and Quentin Teal, and Tyler Thigpen, all three of them came out of Coastal Carolina together. And, and Mike was a second-year player out of Coastal. And, you know, there are so many others, um, so many incredible stories. Anthony Toribio is a young man from Carson Newman College that I don't think anybody thought could play in the NFL. And he got six years and got a, a nice retirement and put himself ahead in, the, in this world. and. and gave himself a whole lot better standing than I think he would have ever gotten, you know, in a normal world. There are just so many stories like those guys that you, you know, again, I don't want to single anybody out, but those guys were early guys. Those guys were 2002, three, four, five, six that, you know, we literally built the foundation of this company on that has enabled us to be able to have some tremendous success over the years. And, and, you know, representing Patrick DeMarco out of South Carolina, that nobody really thought was going to be a, a big-time player, but he played 10 years, and he was named All-Pro into the Pro Bowl twice and started in the Super Bowl, and we have another young man that played for years with the Atlanta Falcons named Ryan Schrader. Ryan is, um, I don't know what he weighs today. I think he's down to about 235, but Ryan was 6'7", 3'10", playing right tackle for the Falcons, and he was named a two-time All-Pro, and he came out of Valdosta State undrafted. And the interesting thing about him is when he was in high school as a senior, he was five foot nine, 165 pounds. Wow. In a 30 month period, he grew to six, seven. (laughs) And so he literally started playing football at age 19. Wow. wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, Joel, um,
0: you guys got any more questions? And just before we let
2: you go, uh, th- w- at least one guy in this little chat room is a big USFL fan. Do uh, you get any any action going with there now that there's more options? Any any negotiation with those
3: guys? There There is no negotiation in that process. <laughs> they say, do you want to play for $4,000 a week? And if you do, come on. And if you don't, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he said, come, um, on, come on. <laughs> that's about how that league's working right now. Oh, $4,000 four, four a week. I think that's about the ballpark. It might be a little more than that. It may be forty-five, what have you. Well, man, let me get back in shape. I can. I hear you. <laughs> I you. I promise you, those dudes playing for those teams are not not terrible. By no means.
0: Right. are mm. no, not terrible. Once again, Joel Turner, thank you for joining us here on the Sports Bros
3: Podcast. Thank um, you.
0: Yes, Joel, we thank you, thank you, thank you, thank. you. We appreciate you so much, and uh, you come back
3: anytime. Nice to talk to some fellow uh, South Carolinians and a transplant wannabe. That's right. <laughs> and, <laughs> I got you.
0: And we'll be rooting for
2: Jared and Cole Kelly. Uh, was Jared Stearns his last name? Yes. Jared Stearns will be rooting for him and Cole Kelly next weekend in the, in the NFL draft, and we wish you the best. And thank you for taking time, Joel. I know you're a busy man. Our, our we, we really appreciate it. you so much. It. Once again, every, thank you. Once, oh, go ahead, b I was about to say. Also,
1: maybe one day we can go to the NFL draft and witness it in person. The
0: Sports, Sports Brols podcast.
3: to deal with that mess. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Joel's we'll like, let together. me be. Joel's like, let me be over here to comfort of my own home on exactly,
3: my phone. Exactly.
0: Oh wow.
1: We, we, we've,
0: got,
3: we, we've got enough to deal with on our own without having
0: to do all that test. <laughs> got <laughs> Joel, you, Joel with two phones. Joel, thank you, Turner thank Sports you. Incorporated. Joel Turner, ladies and gentlemen, here on the Sports Bros Podcast.
3: Okay, boys, let's bring it home with a round of Pepper.
0: Well, if you heard the woman, it's time for us to go home and get the hell up out of here. But before we go into Pepper, I I, I, I don't think we forgot about the Choices of the Voices. We're going to come back next week. So with that being said, Scotty D, what's on tap for next week's Choices of the Voices?
2: Okay, so last week I asked... Um, what you were more excited about, the NHL playoffs or NBA playoffs. And we're going to talk about that next week. So you can still feel free to answer that one uh, or even tell us which one you're enjoying as of right now. Um, the NHL should be starting soon. But anyway, we're going to go with a new topic next week as well. We're going to ask you, what is your all-time favorite NBA postseason rivalry? There have been many through the years. Some have been bad blood. Some have been lopsided. Some have been even favorite postseason nba rivalry and that will give us something to talk about next week there Eddie. cool? all
0: right we are double dipping into the choices of the voices but right now it's time for a round of pepper you know how we do it three topics rapid fire style kind of soda not really here to engage lighten and entertain and educate and enlighten because i said light-skinned it no i'm joking <laughs> i'm lying i'm playing all that staying in here with that being said, I'll go first. All right, on this day in history, back in nineteen hundred, yeah, two zeros at the end of it, the highest scoring opening game was contested between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Atlanta Braves, as the Phillies beat the Braves nineteen to seven in Oof. ten innings. Yeah, that was way nineteen back. to seven in ten innings. That's a huge tenth inning. Yeah, I, yeah. Put the twelve a big, spot up. A, right. Put the twelve spot up in the tens. Yeah, oh man, that's one of the benefits about baseball not having a clock. But Live was, pretty <laughs> but Live had a chance to go see a of a pitch clock, this past yep. weekend. So that was pretty dope. So um, yeah, now, this thing in history, back in nineteen hundred, the Phillies beat the Braves nineteen to seven and ten. Sounds like a football score, but it's baseball. Over to you, Scotty D.
2: All right, so last Sunday at the Masters, Scotty Shuffler took all the drama out of the final round, but that didn't change this weekend's golf tournament into having quite the drama. The RBC Heritage at Hilton Head took place, and Justin Spieth was your winner. Now, this got a little, a little interesting because on Saturday, Justin Speith was putting for birdie six feet away to close the distance with Harold Varner to one stroke, and he missed the birdie putt, And subsequently the 18 inch tap in for par lipped out. So he walked off the 18th with a bogey rather than a birdie cost him a couple strokes. Well, fast forward to Sunday afternoon, Jordan Spieth walks off the 18th, having birdied and gone to 13 under trailing only Shane Lowry. At that point, Lowry would then double bogey the par three 14th and Set up a Jordan Spieth with a one-shot lead over Lowry, Harold Varner, and Patrick Cantlay, three heavyweights in the PGA game. And with three holes remaining, only Cantlay was able to make a birdie on one of those holes and force a playoff. And in the 18th hole on the playoff, both men got a little wind trouble, knocked into the bunker. And Jordan Spieth, almost for the second time of the day, Almost hold it out of the sand. He only had inches to tap in for his par. Cantley was not so fortunate. He bogeyed in. Jordan Spieth was your winner. That's two years in a row. He has won a golf tournament on Easter Sunday. And I tell you guys, it is always good, I think, to have Jordan Speeth's name on a leaderboard. Makes the PJ a little bit more interesting. But two Easters in a row. Very impressive. Jordan Spieth, your winner on the PJ this weekend. Be live to you. Ah, bucket list, PJ event, thought head. Gotta it's, it's gotta
1: happen at some point in time, right. Hilton Head and Augusta. I got it. it's gotta happen. So, I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do something real quick with my first pepper point. It's pretty, pretty simple, pretty simple. I'm gonna take golf, which I do thoroughly enjoy. Scott definitely enjoys golf as well, beautiful sport. And I'm gonna combine it with all of our favorite sports when it comes to the NFL and football, mash it all, in, all into one little ball real quick because. This year we have the match, but this time it's not professional golfers being joined by NFL players. It's actually all NFL players in the match. This ooh, year. ooh, QBs, it's all quarterbacks, old school versus new school. Old school being Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers will be facing off against Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen in the match. It will take place, the 12-hole exhibition will take place June 1st at Wynn Las Vegas, the only golf course on the Las Vegas Strip. It will be interesting to watch this golf match with no professional golfers. Let's see how this will go. The match, June 1st, golf meets football. Yes, sir. Eddie, cool the
0: ball. Wow, that, that's I'll have to look forward to that one. All right, fellas, I got us all on gallery view right now because this Pepper Point. I read a lot of them, and this might take the cake. As we all know, in professional sports, players get released and get cut for various reasons, be it conduct detrimental to the team, getting a DUI, um, domestic abuse. Or just being plain silly as we mentioned earlier the united states football league they start their inaugural weekend this past weekend but the following you might be you might want to laugh at it or in the words of arsenio hall and a famous show and a famous song from the mid-90s things that make it go hmm, hmm. all right so here we go and i found this article On CBS Sports via the NFL slash USFL. USFL player cuts by Pittsburgh maulers over wanting pizza instead of chicken salad in the team hotel. Let me. All right, here we go.
2: That can't be true.
0: I, I. yeah. Read it to me. Read me to yeah. you. Yeah, Lay, lay, <laughs> me, lay, lay it on lay me. On. Okay, the quick and dirty version number, right? <clears throat> okay, Devin Smith, who's he's a German running back, he got signed by the Pittsburgh Maulers. Um, of course they start their first game Monday night because of inclement weather due to weekend, and the USF the USFL released a United by Football documentary, and I'm reading this. Um, In the weeks leading up to the week one of the league's reboot showcasing teams, training camps, practices, and locker room buildup. All right, now, according to the the article here, in the documentary, a clip went viral regarding Pittsburgh Maulers cutting um, running back Devon Smith. The reason Pittsburgh head coach Kirby Wilson released Smith is an interesting one, to say the least, as within the documentary. There's a Twitter clip of how it happens and it's cringeworthy. All right, so Here's what happened. Smith don't like chicken salad. He don't want nothing to do with it. Can't he says, I don't, I, you know, to eat still wrong, he don't like chicken salad. Dang his thing. He said, Well, did they have pizza? And then the um the worker at the hotel in Birmingham, Alabama, which all the games are being played. She said, No. He said, So you mean to tell me there's no other options? And they said no. Nope. And then, when Smith was asked, then then the the, the worker said, "Ask Smith, um, would it be a problem if that was impossible?" He said yes and walked away. So, <laughs> Coach Wilson caught wind of this. He said, "Any disrespect of football or members of the USFL staff, etc., would not be tolerated." He also said that he crossed the line. uh, We had to deal with it. Someone's hurt feelings are a distant second to the greater good of the team. And we've moved on and turned that page. And I'm happy we did it. (laughs) Chicken salad does suck, though. I like it. I like chicken salad, but-, but but this guy got cut over some damn chicken. Sa- Scotty, uh, Scotty D, Scotty D, take, this, take oh. this, this. No, 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 no. I, I, I would want I, some, I I some. pizza too. So he got
1: he got mad at an employee because they didn't have chicken salad.
0: Yeah, and then the employee asked him, "Would that be a problem if we didn't have any, If they, if we couldn't get pizza, anything else?" And he said, "Smith said, yeah." And he walked off. (laughs) That's all he did was just say, well, that's going to be a problem. Because, you know, and walked off. He didn't throw nothing and beat anybody up. He said, yes, he walked off. And the coach like, well, we can't have you disrespecting anybody. Huh? Scottie, over to you. I'm just. All right. Speaking of real problems when it comes to football. Ladies and gentlemen, this is week one of the United States Football League. Not a good look. The play on the field. Good. And then this mess. Over to you, Scottie D. Yes,
2: here, here, here's a real problem when it comes to NFL football. Uh, Kelvin Joseph, a uh, rookie, or he was rookie this past year from the Dallas Cowboys, and a group of friends were outside of Dallas Bar on March 18th, and a conflict with another group of guys resulted in gunshots and a, a fatal gunshot. Uh, Kelvin Joseph's uh, friends, evidently, he was not he was not the gunman that fired the shots. He was apparently unarmed, but the shots came from the car that he was riding in. And two of his friends were charged and faced murder charges. They were arrested and face murder charges. Uh, these charges took place. This arrest took place uh, the day after Joseph was interviewed by the police. Now, uh, his innocence as a shooter does not in Texas necessarily mean he's going to be found innocent of any crime many times. You can be just with a group of people that results in manslaughter or murder and be charged also as an accessory. Uh, I don't know if maybe Kelvin Joseph might have ratted these boys out in exchange for uh, not getting charged himself, but nonetheless, a terrible situation in the NFL this is this looks bad for for Kelvin Joseph and the Cowboys. I'm not even sure um, long term if he stays with the team as of right now, it's, it's probably, you know, details are completely up in the air. But another sad case of, you know, these young kids being out and getting into the involved with the wrong type of thing, shooting a guy outside of a bar. I mean, it's just not it's these young kids got to do better, do better. Young kids stay out of these troubles. Go home early like us young kids do these days sad situation be live over to you
1: ah, man and i don't know if you've noticed i'm to say this there's been a rash of shootings recently oh. i just want to make a mention of that real quick um sacramento columbia south carolina there was a shooting in a mall there's been a couple other stories out there and it's one of those things where it's almost scary that they're not being featured or mentioned on mainstream media like they should it's just uh It needs to be spoken of and prayers out to all families involved. Amen. So, all right, let's bring it back to the lighter side of sports and one of Scotty D's favorite topics. We take it one step further. We were talking about the USFL earlier. Let's go a whole nother level of spring football. And we're going to take it back to my personal favorite, the fan-controlled football league. Why, B-Live?
0: Why would you mention why? the fan-controlled
1: football why? league? Why would why, you mention B-Live? Why would you
0: mention? Because it we, not like, cause, cause we not only have one, but two active spring leagues going on. Two of them, Scott. Two. Why, gotta love Delice? the. Yeah, gotta love
1: the fan-controlled football league where the fans take control. Uh, and there is a, another big name added to the Fan Control Football League
2: uh,
1: Hall of Famer. Uh, Terrell Owens is a wide receiver for the Zappers in the Fan Control Football League. Also, the Zappers, on the, the zappers yes. Also on the team, um, uh, on the Zappers team is famed quarterback Johnny Money Johnny Football Manziel. But it gets even better. Johnny Manziel was on the practice field, but he did not suit up for the game for undisclosed reasons. So the Zappers backup, which he has been dubbed the Tom Edward Patrick
2: No. (laughs) Please let this pepper point be almost over. He's been dubbed the top Brady
1: of the league, 40-year-old Danny Southwick. And Danny Southwick completes a a touchdown pass to Terrell Owens, age 38. Age (laughs) 38. The Fan Control Football League. Unfortunately, the Zappers lost their Week One matchup against the team aptly named. And this is not a ju- this is not a drill. The team is named Shoulda Been Stars. Shoulda Been Stars. The Shoulda Been Stars beat the Zappers twenty to twelve. The full longest. Night-
2: the food Longest line pepper zappers? point ever. Longest it, pepper point is ever. It, is it the food line? The zappers? food line zappers, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the fan control football league week
0: one. Eddie cool? The ball. I had to put on gallery view because I just had to see Scott's reaction the whole time. Scott's been up since four thirty this morning. <laughs> drove five hundred miles, and then we he will to have a conversation about the damn food line zapper. all right here we go my third and final pebble point i ain't got one i just want to say everybody thank you for your support thank you for listening to the sports bros podcast hey listen if you are on spotify guess what you can do you can rate and you can review the sports bros podcast if you're on apple Podcasts, you can do the same thing because the last time i checked we got like we got Three or four written reviews. Um, Shout out to Sterling Hill and Lorenzo Livingston for their participation. And also, um, we also have some five-star ratings as well, too. We got, like, a lot of five-star ratings. Let me tell you how that works. When you write reviews and give us ratings, it moves us up the charts. It moves us up the charts. We down now, but if you keep listening, subscribing, rating, reviewing, sharing, it moves us up the charts as well, too. And we're just so happy. When it comes to the YouTube channel, follow us. We'll put out some more content. I promise. Keep on following us on the YouTube channel. We're trying to get this thing bigger and better than ever. It's not going to be no normal summer of the Sports Bros podcast. It's going to be an epic summer of the Sports Bros podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, complaints, moans, gripes, grievances, let us know. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you want to do. As you can see, we're now having a a regular flow of guests between Hunter Simboli, Dean Kofenik, and also... Joel Turner as well, too. So if you want to see more sports-related guests or if you want to come on and talk a little trash on Sports Bros Podcast, let us know, all right? Remember, Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe, give us a five-star rating. Um, put in full line Zappers, Scotty D. Loves the USFL, and All Rosie the Dabo, and Dawn Dancing Dynasty and all that good stuff. Do the same thing over on Spotify. Share, tell your friends, Sports Bros Podcast. We in here. Over to you, Scotty D. I just want to
2: say in my final pepper point that the Pittsburgh Pirates are five and four. They are over 500 and I did not expect them to be over 500 this late in the season, nine games in. I thought that their best chance of being over 500 was winning opening day, going to one and oh, and then they would fall off permanently. But then Buccos boy, they are playing some good ball uh, currently losing as we're speaking. we speaking, only one, nothing to the Brewers in the second inning, but Hey, <laughs> Give a Bucko fan a reason to smile at some point in the season, would ya? Let's go, Bucks! <laughs> That's all I got. Be live over to you, buddy. All right.
1: Well, that is interesting. That we're, as we sit right now, the Pittsburgh Pirates have a better record than the Atlanta Braves. Oh,
0: <coughs> oh boy! Almost died.
2: It's no fluke, baby, and Buckos. Oh
0: boy! Oh,
1: boy. All right. Braves get together. Uh, we're second in the NL East. Um, if the, well, nope, we'll figure that playoffs and this 12-team playoffs at some point in time. It's their uh, Braves have played 11 of 162 games. It's a lot more baseball to them. My third and final pepper point. You know how I like to do third, my third and final pepper point. I like to go reach into the most ridiculous thing I've seen in this past week when it comes to anything sports.
2: I thought that and was what the last pepper point was. Terrell Owens catching the touchdown. That was that, was, that,
1: you would have <laughs> you 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 thought. Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 Not at all. Lay it on me. These rumors about Baker Mayfield going to the Panthers, they have to stop because this is ridiculous. I'm just going to put it out there. I, I can't get past it. This is my third and final pepper point. Why? Why? What 18.8 million why would we pick up that contract no no only thing only thing I will accept Baker Mayfield coming to the Panthers is for a Klondike bar that is it $2.99 at food line that's the only way I'm going to accept this for that's it a Klondike bar that's all the Panthers should be giving him for him to play in Suda because at the end of the day we still owe Sam Donald $18 million as well no stop it cut it out quit it anyway According to reports, because I'm still trying to figure out this Cleveland.com person that wrote this story is ridiculous. There are several players on the Panthers' list. They're also looking at possible, um, I'm looking at um, Jimmy Garoppolo with San Fran. They're looking at Nick Foles. They're looking at old man Fitz Magic, possibly, and also even the possibility of a Jared Goff side. There are several names when it comes to the Carolina Panthers. Either way, none of it makes any sense. We still owe Sam Donald $18 Start the dude one more time. Let us ride out to exactly what we can do. Let him ride out to the sunset. Let Matt Rule ride out to the sunset. Let's find a new coach. Let's get a quarterback next year. And then let's just just, 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 just do better. My my Panthers, I, I, I don't know where we just went wrong. We went wrong somewhere. We didn't treat Cam Newton right when he was hurt, and we've been going downhill ever since. I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel, but I guarantee you that light should not be Baker Mayfield. And I, that's it. <laughs> Stop it, Johnny I Football. Like the, I don't like the fact that when I watch, I'm this four letter network, ESPN. The fact that you had the NBA playoffs, everything that was going on about the NBA playoffs. I watched Get Up at 8 o'clock this morning, and for the first 22 minutes of watching Get Up, it was 20 minutes about Baker Mayfield coming to the Panthers and Robbie Anderson saying no, in two minutes of the NBA playoffs. Why? That E for entertainment again for no apparent reason. This is the stupidest story I've ever seen in my life. I cannot believe that ESPN would have the all time.
2: (laughs) Woo! Yes, sir, Eddie Boom. Hey, Belive, you said you you said you wanted to go to the golf tournament on your bucket list. You better hope it's less than four miles. That that the Hilton head. I place. am I am sitting at
1: hole eighteen. That's it. There ain't no. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't walking, following people around
2: all that. Man, I'm sitting down in the gallery. And sure. I would walk four <laughs> miles, and I would walk. I'm gonna get four back to a more. point where I
1: could walk that <laughs> that distance. I'm gonna get there. I'm going to get there. Yeah, whatever.
0: I've <laughs> lost complete control of the podcast. I'm joking. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. Then, then in closing, do something nice for yourself. And if you can, do something nice for someone else. they are greatly appreciate it now more than ever. Good Lord, my knee hurts. I shouldn't be in the club with these young kids trying to dance. But in the words of the almighty be live. I digress. Thank you for watching and listening to the Sports Bros Podcast, be loud, take us home.
1: Yes, sir.
0: Be a blessing, be a burden. Go, go, do something good. Don't be a burden. Something, whatever he said. Yeah, yeah. Be, be a blessing, and don't be. Damn it, just be good. How about that? All right. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> hey, it's Eddie Cool here from the Sports Bros Podcast. Do you want some more of the Sports Bros Podcast in your life? Wait a minute, don't answer that. The answer is yes. And I know you want some more of the Sports Bros Podcast in your life. Do us a small favor. Go to the description box, click our Linktree link, and you'll see all the links on how to follow the Sports Bros Podcast. Once again, thanks for listening.